So I want to start with uh, Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 36. When you get there, say amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 says this, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. How many believes that? Do we? We say we believe it. Do we believe it? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit and your presence here tonight. I pray that you would anoint me to preach to your people. Amen. I pray that you would help me to minister to them what you've given to me. And I pray that you would bless us tonight and help us to be led and directed by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. I was trying to figure out the last time I was up here, my iPad, I couldn't slide it. It's a magnet, and it was sticking to that. I had it all over the place. I wrestled and fought with that thing up here, praise God. I just figured out tonight, well, that's magnetic. No wonder it doesn't want to move, praise the Lord. It's like me, it gets stuck in one place. Now, I got to tell you something. For those of you that were here Sunday, we had a... I, I raced back as fast as I could get here so that I could participate in the fellowship next door. But I got to tell you, I took an exception to, to that pie throwing. They got my buddy Jimmy. I, hey. Mm. They got Sister Natalie, one of my BFFs. Amen. And... Uh, the only thing I can say is, Sister Carla, are you in here? Your day's coming, Sister. Your day. I'm telling you, and Sister Courtney, is Courtney's not in here, is she? Your day is coming. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Jimmy, I, he's starting to get spiritual back here. Praise the Lord. I may just keep talking about that pie in the face for a minute. He might start getting stammering lips back there in the usher's chair. Praise God. Hallelujah. Laugh if you will. They raised two grand. They raised $2,000. I don't even remember what it was for. Youth Congress? Well, praise God. I figured it was that or, or something, youth camp or, or, or something, but praise the Lord. That's, the, that's good, isn't it? Thank you for your participation, your willingness, Brother Jimmy and Sister Natalie. Without them. You know, I don't know how it gets to be a tie every year. Have you noticed that? It's like it was in the cents and it was tied. It was tied like in the pennies, 26 cents. And they both had, hmm. That goes back to the bean counter, doesn't it? Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you for allowing yourself to be a participant 
in what could be life-changing for some young person. Amen? Giving them the opportunity to go when they wouldn't have the opportunity to go and experience something that they would normally not have access to. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Won't we give them a hand clap for... That uh, is powerful. And you never know the long-term investment that you make in someone's life by giving. Amen? Being willing to serve in a, maybe in a, in, I know that we're putting prayer groups together, just praying for someone. Praying for a family. You never know the long-term effect that you're going to have. Matthew 12 and 36 said, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof. In the day of judgment, they will have to be accountable. That should be sobering to us. Amen? I think when he says that, he's talking about joking. Even joking. And kidding around. Amen? I like joking and kidding around. But you better keep it into the confinements of a godly conversation. Amen? I want to read Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Because I'm going to be teaching on the topic tonight of conversation and words that we speak and how they can have an effect on every generation, even the generations that are scattered throughout this room tonight and the generations that are behind us and what what they can accomplish, amen, with the right conversation, what people can do when they're around the right conversations. Amen? You want to see your family changed? You want to... You want to see the miraculous happen? You want to see something powerful on the job? Amen. In the school? You want to see something at the college that will just blow your mind? You want to see, hey, I'm telling you, young people are hungry for something different. They know what's going on in this generation, amen, and they're hungry for something real, amen. They're, not, they're looking for something real in their life. And there needs to be some real conversation in people's lives, amen, about the Holy Ghost and about God and about what God can do, praise the Lord, the Spirit of God. And I know that we've been teaching and having lessons on the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and the Spirit itself and what it's doing in people's lives. But I'm telling you, we need a demonstration of the Spirit, amen? We need the operation of God's gifts moving in each and every service that we walk in, but it won't happen if we don't anticipate it and we're not deliberate about it. Amen? We must hunger and thirst for it. I feel like preaching for just a minute tonight just on the gifts of the Spirit and how important they are, not only in your life, amen, not only how it makes you stronger, not only how it will make you grow and spiritually mature in the Spirit, praise God, but how it will bless everybody that's sitting around, amen, that person that's walked in that thought they might want to commit suicide aside when they walk through the door suddenly they feel through a word amen they're going to feel that there's hope amen this world needs hope right now it needs hope more than it needs anything else it needs hope and it must come from God amen that hope must be poured out from heaven through God's people 
Praise the Lord. I'm done. I'm out of gas already. I'm just kidding you. I'm just fixing to get started. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, our conversations and the things we participate in could not only affect our relationship. Amen. I have to be, you, you, you don't see this, but I sit down with these young ministers and I have to be careful with my conversation with them because I am leading them into the ministry field where they will speak the word of the Lord. Amen? And our conversation must be right conversation. Amen? I'm telling you, I've never, well, I've never pastored before, but, well, I have. I pastored at that nursing home. Amen? But I'm telling you, pastoring here, I've seen these young ministers grow. And the Lord began to move on them and do a good work in their life. And then to see them go out. Amen? Brother Turner's been gone the last two weeks preaching out into a Baptist church. Amen? They want help. They just don't know what they don't know what they need. Amen. And with the help of God and with the prayer of the saints. God is placing him in a position to gain their confidence and to speak to them. Amen. Pray for him. Pray for him. Amen. Pray for us as we together minister to this group and they need the help of the Lord in their life. Amen. Pray for our conversation to be right conversation. Amen. I'm fixing to teach to you tonight the, 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 generational, the generational necessity of right conversation. Amen. That's why it's important what I say to them. I talk to Brother Burke every day. Every day. Brother Turner said he needs more than the most. And praise. We talk every day. We talk about the ministry. We talk about where he's been, where he's been preaching out, what he's felt, what he's been doing, what he's been involved in. Praise the Lord. He had a phone conversation in my office prior to church. Someone called him and said, hey, you prophesied to somebody a few weeks ago. Now they're in my office, you know, 50 miles away, and they're saying everything that he prophesied has came to pass, and, and, and they're, they're needing some answers from God. Amen? That's because the right conversations. Amen? His conversations that he's had in prayer with God, his conversations that he's had with his bishop, with his pastor, praise the Lord, with the other ministers of the church and with the people of the saints of God that have encouraged him and, and pray for him. Amen? I'm telling you, our conversation is necessary, and it's important. Amen? Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. 
That's what our purpose and conversation should be. Amen? Now, I got to tell you, the Lord's, been, the Lord's been working on me today and, and, and been speaking to me some stuff. And it's, it's not about what I'm preaching to you. It's just about things that go into my life and what I'm allowing in my life and the voices that I'm, that, that I'm allowing to echo in my life. Amen? And I'm telling you, it, 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 it's not just for me, but it should be for everyone that's in this room tonight. We should be very concerned about what we're reading. You know, reading is a conversation. Amen? You're allowing the conversation of someone else. Be careful what you're, what do you call it, surfing on the web? You're reading on the web. Amen? I've had multiple people bring conversations to me that they've printed out from the World Wide Web and present them to me like they're handing me gospel. And it's somebody's opinion somewhere that they've never met, they never heard of. They don't know the person's life. They don't know. And if you start researching them and you start seeing what it is, arming, amen? Can you imagine what your young people and your children have access to today? who grew up with no other knowledge other than I can pick my phone up and look it up. They don't need mom and dad. I, I preached about it. I preached it for years from this pulpit, amen, that, that they don't need mom and dad anymore. They don't need a preacher anymore. They can have their conversations and get their answers from the World Wide Web and from any place that they want to start searching it. For the first time in history since 1993, Kids can look up their own answers. Amen. Now, it wasn't as prevalent back then as it is today. With the introduction of the smartphone, everything has changed. Amen. Your smartphone isn't as smart as you think it is. It may be smarter than you, but it, it may be smart enough to lead you down a trail you don't need to be on. Having conversations that you don't need to have. Amen. Being a part of things that you don't. Amen. You got to be careful what you allow. What door you allow opened in your life. I was talking about it with somebody today. The just the, just the very introduction of something that you don't know anything about. And the enticement of it. You better listen to the Holy Ghost. When God says stay away. God says you don't need that. Don't be intrigued by it. Don't be drawn. You know what the scripture says? We're drawn away by our own lust. Amen. Be careful what you allow to draw you. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Well, you have a headset on. Yeah. He don't. He don't need to be six years old and have a headset on the World Wide Web, especially on games. If you heard some of the conversations that took place on some of these video games, and the predators that are there looking for young children. 
Hey, I'm talking about conversations tonight and the right conversations and what they'll do for you and, and how they'll help you, amen, and the wrong conversations. Never, ever, ever, never should you allow a young person to take their phone into, the, into their bedroom, into a private place. Give me my phone, Turner. My land's stealing my phone. You ain't, that ain't going to make you double smart. Never should they have access to this without a parent or an adult. And then you better. Amen. You get mad at me if you want to. But I'm telling the truth when I say there are voices and conversations that the enemy has that are being projected out through apps. Amen through phone messages and apps, amen, video games, movies. They don't need to be watching movies on their phone. Yeah, you don't either. If you can't put it up in the living room and everybody sit there and watch it and God be involved in it, then you don't need it. Amen. I said, if you can't put it up in your living room and Jesus walk through and be okay with it, you might want to second guess what you're allowing your children, amen, to be a part of. The Lord's been working on me today. I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. I was pondering the teachings of the Spirit gifts of the spirit and the spiritual activity that that takes place amen and what we should be giving ourselves to versus what we give ourselves to and I'm still talking about conversations and I'm going to get into some of it here just a minute but I want to turn to James chapter 3 and I'm going to read verse 13 who is a wise man among you it's a question let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and with wisdom. You know, you can just about measure everything in life with this book right here. You can just about look at this, the words that are in this book and the conversations that take place in this book, and you can just about look at life and just have an overlay of what, how we should conduct ourselves, what we should be talking about, and what we shouldn't. Amen? First Peter verse 1 and 15 says, But as he which has called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of conversations. You think God's interested in what you're talking about? We're going to reel it back just a few minutes tonight, and we're going to go back into the generations that, that were in the Old Testament. Amen? Even we're going to go back to the garden, and we're going to find out how did this, how they didn't have a smartphone. They didn't have the World Wide Web. They didn't have a printing press, and they didn't have anything uh, to capture the conversations, video or audio, either one. Amen? But there was something that transpired in the lives of these patriarchs. I've taught on it before. I've preached on it. I've used the examples before. But I want to look at it tonight again 
and look at their conversations and look to where it led us to, amen, throughout the Old Testament, up, up until the life of Moses. I'm not even going to get, probably not going to get there tonight. But if we start with Adam, he was the first man, amen? Somebody give me a, an, a positive attribute of Adam. He named the animals. He sure did. Well, we're still debating. That got him in trouble. We're still paying a price for that today. I don't know if that's the right example or not, praise the Lord. Although it is a good one. I need to. Hallelujah. He tended the garden. The Bible says that he uh, tended the garden, but he ruled over everything. That's powerful, isn't it? Praise the Lord. He had everything in his access that he needed, but a conversation got him into trouble. Hmm. He lived, the Bible said he lived 930 years. Praise God. And he died 216 years before the birth of Noah. We know about Cain and Abel, and we know how that worked out, and how his, you know, one brother killed the other brother, and, and, and Cain was marked, and uh, how that happened. And then there was another brother. Adam's third son that was born, uh, his name was Seth, and he lived, the Bible said, 912 years. And if you do the math on that, he knew Noah. If you skip down, Seth knew Noah, or Noah knew Seth for 34 years before he died. Amen? We get to Methuselah, the fourth great-grandson of Seth, who lived how many years? 969 years. Who said that? Praise the Lord. Brother Deaver. But he died before Terah. Was that his dad? No, that was Abraham's dad. Who was his dad? Do you know that? I don't know. Enoch walked with God and was not. Enoch was caught up. But he lived longer, uh, 969 years, praise the Lord. He knew Adam. Now, you wrap your head around this. He knew Adam, the Adam, for 243 years. Where do you think this knowledge, how do you think... The idea of God was handed down in those days. And what pleases God and the statutes of God, and it's getting quiet in here now because the wheels are turning. I mean, you, get, you just look at, he knew, he knew Adam for 243 years. Methuselah knew Seth for 355 years. I'm sure... That Adam gave him 
first-hand knowledge of the battle between Cain and Abel and how all that played out. I'm confident that Methuselah probably said, what happened to the garden? Amen? That's a fair question. What, you, what do you mean you were kicked out of the garden? Tell me how that happened. Amen? And I'm sure that Adam told him the first-hand account of everything that took place in the garden before and after. Amen? Just think for a moment that you had the ability to sit down with Adam for one day. What questions would you ask? Amen? What conversations would you have? And how would you conduct yourself? But it, it was much more than one day. It's 243 years that he sat around the campfire listening to Adam talk about all the things. Where'd you come up with them names? How did you get those names? How did you get from one side of the garden to the other side of the garden? How did you have control over all the earth? And Amen? How did all that work? That's the kind of conversations they had. And then they'd look at Seth and say, you know, I know that you never were around your older brother Abel. But tell me some of the stories that mom and dad said about how he brought a right offering to God. Tell me what it looked like. Tell me what God was so pleased about. That's the kind of conversations that transpired from one generation. It happens, amen? From one generation to the next. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I sit down with my kids, and on, on some occasions we'll sit and talk about family history and, and, and where this came from and how we came about here and what's this over here and, you know, things that pertain to us. In conversation, praise the Lord, because it's something that they, it's the knowledge, it's the unwritten knowledge, praise the Lord. How many ever sits around and looks at their, their old, uh, you don't have them anymore because everybody's got a smartphone. Do you remember the old uh, photo albums you used to keep? You put the picture, you'd have to take them and get them developed and put them in there. And how many still sits around and looks at them and says, now this is your great, great grandpa. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because that's history, right? What I'm preaching to you tonight is history and how history, and, and we want to know about God and we want to know about the things of God and how did it get passed down. The son of Methuselah, who was Lamech, lived 100, or 777 years and he died before his father. Amen? Was Lamech's father? Okay, Lamech was the son of Methuselah. Yeah. You're confusing me, Sister Doty. You're getting me all, you're going to get me all. Well, okay. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about Lamech with a capital L. Amen. He lived 777 years and he was the son of Methuselah. And he died before his father died, praise the Lord. He is the father of Noah. 
Lamech is the father of Noah. He had a son named Noah, praise the Lord. And he died five years before the flood took place. I'm getting somewhere with all this. Amen. The flood created something. Amen. Because from the garden to the flood, everything kind of looked the same. Right? It just looked the same. But when the flood occurred, everything changed. Amen? We're going from a civilization to eight people. What a change. Amen? I'm, I'm, there's a method to my madness tonight. I'm getting somewhere. I'm going to take you somewhere because conversations is what carried the water. Amen? It carried the flood. It, it, uh, Noah lived 950 years. But now wrap your head around this. Methuselah knew Noah for 600 years and died the year of the flood. For 600 years, Noah sit and listen to Methuselah and his teachings, his conversations, the history of everything. And I know that, you know, we just talked about Methuselah spent 243 years with Adam. Do you think that it, it, it's possible that he downloaded some stuff to Noah that carried across the flood? And when they come off of the ark, guess what? Amen? He was carrying knowledge of the beginning. How? Methuselah spent 243 years. With Adam. Amen? Now, they might not spend every minute together. But they most certainly knew each other. And they were acquaintances. Amen? And, and then 600 years Noah spent with Methuselah. You can imagine the, the download that went to Noah. There might be a reason why Noah was deemed righteous. In the eyes of God. It might be because he had somebody named Methuselah who was preaching to him. Amen. It might just be that, that they didn't call him that back then because there wasn't any apostles. But it might be that Methuselah was a preacher of righteousness, praise the Lord. And that he began to preach unto Noah. And he preached. There was a reason why Noah didn't hesitate when God laid out a blueprint and told him to start building that ark. It was because somebody had preached to him righteousness. And he understood that there was a God and that God loved him and that God would do anything for him. That we need to listen to the voice voice of God. When you hear from God, you need to do exactly what God tells you to do. Praise the Lord. Because I know a man that was in a perfect environment and he was disobedient to God and he got kicked out. And everything that you see on this earth that is wicked was birthed right there. And Noah took it serious. You didn't have to make him go out into the wilderness and start chopping lumber. Amen? God said it. He believed it. And then he acted upon it. 
I wish somebody would believe God in this hour, amen, because God said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, praise the Lord. Your sons and your daughters are going to receive that spirit, and they're going to prophesy, and they're going to... I wish somebody would start believing that God's still just as powerful today as he was back then, praise the Lord. And that everything that he's ever said was going to come to pass is coming to pass. I told Noah, go build an ark. I want you to build an ark. A what? You should build a boat. What do I need with a boat? Rain. What's rain? You're getting ready to find out. Amen. And he told him that. And it was 120 years before he ever seen a drop of rain. And we get mad if we come up to the altar on Sunday morning and we pray for our loved one and they're not here Sunday night. Am I preaching to somebody right now that thinks that God knows exactly what's going on? Now, I don't think, never once have I ever had an idea that Noah stopped believing. Why? Because faith without works is dead. Amen? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I haven't seen the rain, but I've got a boat. I have not seen the rain, but I'm crafting a vessel, and I'm going to be prepared for the rain. Amen? Why is that? Because he believed God. generation of people that need to have a baptism of belief in God, it's this generation right now. We need to separate ourselves from everything that's discouraging and everything that's causing us confusion in our life. God is not the author of confusion. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you tonight because the, the CBS News is going to tell you, the NBC News is going to tell you, the CNN News and every other kind of news, amen, is going to tell you, even the Fox News that everybody wants to say is so righteous, they're going to tell you things, praise the Lord, that aren't true, praise God, but let God be true and every man a liar, amen, we need to separate, God said, get every appearance of evil separated from your eye, separate from every appearance of evil. I'm getting ready to go through, I don't know, you can do whatever you want. I'm getting ready to go through a detoxification of this world. Amen? I'm going to detox myself from this world. Praise God. I wish I had to get one amen. I'm going to detox myself from this world. I don't need, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. 
I'm developing such a hunger for God and such a desperation to separate myself from the rest of this world. And you might say, oh, preacher, you should have done that a long time ago. Well, I thought I was, but I didn't know that it could draw me deeper and farther into Him and less and less away from this world, praise the Lord. I'm losing less and less of an appetite for the things of this world and more and more of a hunger for God. Amen? I don't know about you. I don't know what God's been speaking to you about, but whatever it is, you need to listen to Him. Praise the Lord. Noah lived for 950 years, 600 of those he knew Noah. For 595 of them, he fellowshiped with Lamech. Amen? Shem, the son of Noah, lived for 600 years. Shem spent 98 years of his life fellowshipping with Methuselah. And he lived 502 years after the flood. Eber, the great-grandson of Shem, lived 464 years and he knew both Noah and Shem. Terah, the third great-grandson of Eber, lived 205 years, spent 130 years, or was 130 years old when Abraham was born. And he talked with both Noah and Shem. I wonder how Noah knew that it's all right to take my tent and follow the voice of God. You think he was just out there one day in the desert and just had this revelation that, hey, I'm leaving my home estate and the country in which I was birthed. I'm packing up and I'm taking everything. And I'm going to a city whose builder and maker is God. Where do you think he got that from? You think he was just sitting out in his tent one day and the sun was too hot? And Amen? Or do you think that he had a revelation? Amen? Of what God was going to do in the lives of his people that came from the ancestry that he had fellowshiped with and that he had knew. Amen? My Lord, he knew about it. He lived for 175 years, Abraham did. He was the son of Terah who had fellowshiped both with Noah and Shem. He had the first-hand experience. We talk about the ark encounter. He knew about the ark encounter. He knew. He knew every, I bet he knew every animal that was on the ark. Amen? Praise God. Noah died two years before Abraham was born. But Heber, or Eber, 
the great-grandson of Shem, outlives Abraham by four years. He's still alive. They're still in fellowship together all those years. Amen? I'm, getting, I'm going through the lineage to go to Moses to show you. The son of Abraham and Sarah lived 180 years, and he knew Shem, the son of Noah, for 50 years. He fellowshiped and communicated with him. Jacob called Israel uh, and son of Isaac and father of the 12 tribes. That Jacob, a man, lived 147 years, and he knew Abraham for 20 years. 20 years. There's a lot of conversation that can take place in 20 years, even with a deceiver, praise the Lord. There's something that can get into the life of a deceiver and change them and cause them to change in their life and to cause them to be drawn closer to God than they've ever been drawn. There's something that got into the life of Jacob, amen, that made him, when he come into the presence of an angel whom Abraham had spent copious amounts of time with, that Jacob said, you know what, I'm going to grab a hold of this and I'm not letting loose until something happens, amen. Oh, I would to God that we would grab a hunger out of this lesson tonight to be more like God, amen, that we, when we get into the presence of God and when angels start moving in our midst and coming in through our service and up and down the aisles and through the building, that we would want to latch on to one of them and say, I'm not turning loose, praise the Lord. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping until God blesses me. I'm desperate for a move of God in my life and in my family. I'm too desperate to see my family saved and my children saved and my children to go to heaven and my wife and my my kids to make heaven I'm not turning loose too many times what we do is we come to this sacred piece of furniture and we drop our wish list put it right here God here's what I need from you this week you're never going to believe what I put up with you'll never guess what's going on in my life well you know what he's probably not in too much fellowship with someone like that we come up here and we pray and we throw down our wish list. And then we get up and leave it right here. And we can't remember when we come back in next week what it was exactly we left here. In fact, I'd say most of the time by Monday evening, we scarcely remember our experience at the altar and what we felt. And if God spoke to us, I doubt that there's probably a few, but I doubt that there's many that even pinned it down and wrote down, God spoke this to me. If you don't have a journal, you need to get one. Amen? When God speaks something, amen? You need to keep it close to you. Because a lot of times it'll be in the middle of the night. And the Lord will wake you up in the middle of the night. He'll give you a word. And you'll say, you'll say, I'll never forget that. 
and you won't remember it when you open your eyes. You, you'll remember I, something happened. But you won't be able to write the details down. You never know what detail. You'll never know. You'll never know. I've had to read the details multiple times to people because God gave me a word for somebody. In the midst of my sleep, he woke me up. And I didn't understand it. I didn't know who it was for. Didn't even know what it was about. But he knew. And I just wrote it down. Amen. The fact is, I used my smartphone. Amen. I put it in notes. Still have them. Today. Read back over them occasionally. Even though they weren't for me. Amen. Don't think Noah forgot about that ark just because it hit on Mount Ariot and they all unloaded. Amen. He remembered that ark. Don't you think. Don't you judge him. We judge him. We judge him. Because he went and got wine and got drunk. If you've seen the amounts of people scratching and clawing on the side of that ark, You'd never be able to forget. If God would ever give you a glimpse of hell, I mean a true glimpse of hell. I mean if you've ever seen what hell, even just like the crack the door and just got a small peek at what hell looked like, you would never be satisfied with your loved ones and your neighbors. You'd never take no for an answer. When you invited somebody and they said, we don't believe like that, you'd ne- you wouldn't be satisfied. You wouldn't say, all right. Because you have seen what hell looks like. You see, the, when you understand and have a revelation of the constant torment that is going to be for eternity. Now, I want you to wrap your head around this. Eternity never ends. Ever. You can say you love God and you can come to church and you can punch your spiritual and religious time clock and come in and sit and, and listen and, and judge and amen. But you better be right with God because eternity is forever. It is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever, it never ends. There is no ending. Eternity is forever. And if you find yourself at the threshold of a devil's hell, you better start preparing to change your trajectory right now. Don't be satisfied that I might not make it. Praise the Lord. I, there's just something, amen, that's more important to me in this life that I'm going to carry this into there. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you that no unrighteousness, amen, no unrighteousness will enter into the kingdom of God he said sin will not enter in it won't enter in you cannot take sin in the rapture amen it's not going to enter into the kingdom of God And guess what? I hate to be the bearer of bad news. There's only one other place. 
Jesus said, you either love me or you hate me. You're either for me or you're against me. Amen? Bitter and sweet water cannot dwell in the same well. Amen? And sin cannot go into heaven. He prepared a place for sin, and it's called hell. Amen? You have to deal with it here and now. Amen? You know what I'm preaching about right now? I'm preaching about a conversation that Adam had when he walked out of that garden. Amen? And everybody, each of these old patriarchs that he preached to, I guarantee in his conversation from the first until the last that he told them, sin will take you farther than you're willing to go. If I would have just listened to God, if I wouldn't have got caught up in what the voices and the conversations of this world were being. Amen. If I would have just listened to what God was telling me, praise the Lord. It sounds like some of the conversations that there are some in this room that could have right now. If I'd just listened to God and I'd stay away from that person or away from that thing, praise the Lord. Or if I'd separate myself from this thing that I'm, that I'm giving myself to. I'm telling you that if you ever had a, an unction to walk away from something you better walk away from it tonight praise the Lord because the Holy Ghost is here and God is saying that my people are going to be holy people they're going to be sanctified people they're going to be people that are called out you're going to be called out from some stuff you're going to have to walk away from some things you're going to say hey the presence of the Lord is more important to me heaven is more important to me the rapture is more important to me my family is more important to me Tragically enough, the seduction of the enemy into this world right now, husbands and wives are walking away from each other. Parents and children are severing their relationships. Has caused them to think that there's something more valuable than their relationship with God. You know, and tragically enough, there are some that know, they know nothing about God. And it's our responsibility to teach them. And we're so caught up in trying to maintain our feeble, weak relationship with God that we can't share the gospel because we scarcely believe it ourselves. Amen. telling you that Jesus is returning. He's going to call his people. Levi the third oldest son of Israel. Or Jacob as you know him. Knew Isaac for 45 years. He knew Amran, the father of Moses. Who was his grandson? The great grandfather of Moses. Levi passed on the oral history to his grandson, Amran. And Moses, the son of Amran, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, lived for 120 years. 
the brother of Aaron, who knew one of their fathers approximately 65 years. Moses receives the oral tradition from God and is commanded to write the first five books of the Old Testament. And guess where it all came from? It came from the conversation. From this generation to 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 this generation and to this generation. You want to know where the first five books of the Bible came from? Go take a look at Moses. And then go backwards. And go all the way back to the garden. Oh, he, he wrote while he was inspired. I know that. But he also, inside of him was the echo of the oral traditions that were passed down from generation to generation to generation. Amen. Don't be afraid to talk to your children. Let them know about God. Amen. Don't be afraid to talk to them. Talk to them about the book. Not about your opinion of how they should be living. Talk to them about that book and what God says about it. And I'm telling you, the closer we start getting ourselves aligned to the rapture, the more we're going to be separated from the things of this world. They're not going to matter. They're not going to matter. Now listen to me. You're not going to take that iPad, that smartphone, that computer, that TV, that car. Amen? I started to say them cattle, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just a calf, praise the Lord. No, you're not, gonna be, you're not taking nothing. The only thing that you're taking with you is your relationship with God. Amen? And it's not, you know what? I can't do it for you. And you can't do it for me. We have to do it for ourselves. The Bible says, save yourself from this untoward generation. How many knows we're living in an untoward generation where right is wrong and wrong is right? And Amen? I'm telling you that Jesus is reaching for some people. And he's wanting us to separate ourselves. You know why they went up in that upper room?
There was a reason why we had the day of Pentecost. They separated themselves from everything and all the distractions that were in Jerusalem. They went up into that upper room and they prayed and they fasted until every bit of their appetite of the world was gone from them. Amen? And the only thing that remained is their desire to be with him. And when they unanimously, there were other people there, and they started filtering out one by one. There was a 10-day procession that left that upper room. 500 people started, 120 remained. Amen? But when all the flesh was gone and nobody cared and was looking at their, wondering how the stock market was doing. Amen? And was wondering about this, that, and the other that was going on. And they only had their mind and their affections toward him. There came, the Bible said, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Amen? And it filled the place. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And they came from the place and the people marveled and they said, aren't these ignorant and unlearned men? How is it that I hear them speaking in my native language? How is it? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Holy Ghost can do anything. The, the day that we have the revelation that we want to be more like Him and that God can do absolutely anything and there's nothing that He cannot do, any and everything He can do, He can save that one person. Listen to me. He saved me. He can save anybody. And your conversation that you have with those that you're connected with may be the only thing. There's a lady that's sitting in a church talking to a pastor right now because somebody told them something that the Holy Ghost told them to say. And she's saying, I've got to have help. And I know this is right. Amen? You think God doesn't know about your situations? You think he doesn't know about your setbacks? You think that he doesn't know about the things that, are, that you're bound by? The things that you're giving yourself to? We say we give ourselves completely and wholly to God, but we don't. How do you know that, preacher? Because i got to be careful. I'm not the pastor anymore. He can clean this up when he gets here. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Somebody's going to call him and tell him. When we come through those doors, if we have a hunger for everybody that's in this room to have an experience with God, we're not going to come in slapping each other on the back telling jokes. We're going to be friendly to the guest. 
Amen. We're not, we're not going to be, we're not going to shun nobody. And we're not going to be holier than now. We're going to be friendly to our guests. And then we're going to make our way to a place of prayer.